0: That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up today.
1: What is up? Welcome to episode number 330 of On The Court of the OfficialPitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by... Mr. Cherry himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing?
2: What is happening? Yes, I am a cherry. I am in a wine-colored shirt. Okay, good. You got it. You got it. We're on the oh, same page.
1: Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I I panicked. I didn't know what to do. I went with Cherry. I don't know. I didn't know if you were going to interpret it that way. Uh, I'm glad you got it. Before I begin, I I apologize. You might notice, Alex, he's not up to the the intense, rigorous audio quality standards that Nick perpetually uh, uh, demands of this podcast. When I was packing my bag to come east where I am right now, I tried to include the Yeti mic and my wife said, are you insane we are packing for us and a child and i said okay fair enough so there is no yeti mike but we're still here we're still talking nick how you doing how you feeling
2: i'm doing all right i you know i'll be okay in post and i'm just so excited that you are in in new york that means that the nick and alex baseball show will be recorded live that is fast is going to be in the murder room i made this beautiful murder room if you watch on any stream you'll see that i have two microphones and a mixer on this table for the whole plan that we would be streaming live together. And when I make it, what happens fast goes off to California. Mm. So we don't get to do it, but we get to tomorrow for the Nick and Alex baseball show. If you're not following that, that's live on Twitch at 10 PM Eastern time, every single Tuesday night you can watch it on youtube the next day and obviously it comes out as a podcast but you gotta watch the show i mean last last week we got haunted by images of kyle farnsworth i was gonna
1: say there there will be no more kyle farnsworth (laughs) tomorrow But there's gonna be a lot of great discussions we i want to have a discussion with nick that i forgot to have last week about is is what does shohei otani have to what's the lowest batting average he could have he could have to be an mvp you know what i want to talk about you know what i want to talk about tomorrow too I want to talk about Rookie of the Year stuff. Mm. We're going to talk That's about awesome. that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we're going
2: to do that. So you got to tune in to the podcast. It's going to be a great, great time. And, and watch it live on twitch.tv slash pitcher list. But enough of all of that. We've got our 100 starting pitchers to talk about. Once again, it is week 12. And let's let's do it fast.
1: Let's, let's jump get, on in. Let's jump yeah. on in. So, jump, uh jump Tier, tier one has no one knew, but the tier has expanded, and people are going to be pretty excited what? by it. A, right, right, hasn't it? I thought no. it was only four people. Last is, week. It is the same thing, fast way to keep me on my toes. Tier one <laughs> is Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Zach Wheeler, and Sandy Alcantara. What's it called? Why is it called that?
2: It's called the starfish, you know, and it, because it just survives mm-hmm. and has five legs. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right.
0: I mean, okay. come on. It's uh, like a
2: starfish is just like perpetually alive and 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 doing its thing, you know? Look,
1: you've established a new rule for me. I forgot I was going to do this, and I just remembered. What? Where the first thing that you state, uh-huh. okay, will be the theme for the podcast. So now every category list no. must be an aquatic animal. <laughs> no,
2: no, I don't like that doesn't matter. I don't care. Oh my God. All right. You guys can let us know if this is what you want moving forward. I like the variety because then it's just the same shtick over and over. Nick, you Googled categories for the past two weeks. It helps. It gives me like, I only need is just like some inspiration. You okay,
1: know... Fair enough. We'll try it this one week, and if not, we'll okay, return to yeah, the then other. We'll way. see. All right. All right. Nothing really to talk about with these guys. They've been dominant. You're not moving them. You're holding on to them. Uh, they've been fantastic. They're a blast to watch. Shane McClanahan, Chef's Kiss, love it. We're moving on to Tier Two: Justin Verlander, Carlos Rodon, Joe Musgrove, Kevin Gaussman, and Alec Manoa. What's it called? And what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, what is it? Called? Aquatic. <laughs> yeah. What aquatic animal is it called? Or aquatic I'm... theme? Aquatic theme.
2: Aqu- oh you want a theme now
1: no 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 I'm saying like I, I I i you're right maybe it was too minimal to keep it just aquatic animals it could be anything pertaining to the aqua <laughs> the the aqua um i'm
2: gonna call it the lacroix then okay, uh sorry. because it is apparently like just the solid thing that everyone's like give me lacroix I, I want that that's what I want I don't like it personally but i recognize it as like okay these are some people's aces even though water is the pure ace to me of okay. the top team yes
1: yeah, so we all know how you feel about that so <laughs> the first thing that people are going to jump out and they're going to say okay uh, nick joe musgrove returns he returns at tier two and he returns at number eight but he just had one strikeout and gave up six earned runs over six yeah, innings against the phillies uh, are you just chalking that up to some 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 COVID I, hangover
2: I feel like, yeah, I feel like that was a still ill start. Uh, five innings of one and run, and then a careful Icarus in the sixth, where he allowed five more runs. runs. Um, zero out of 25 whiffs on the slider is just so abnormal. And I think for a guy like Musgrove, that has been so unbelievably dominant through the year. It makes all the sense in the world for this to be what I call a one-night bland. I, I don't think that he should be outside of the top ten for the rest of the year.
1: Okay. Um, and then Kevin Gaussman and Alec Manoa, of course, just dropping one to make room for Joe Musgrove. Um, there's a lot of those, but we're going to move into some of the ones that uh, arose uh, a little bit higher. They, they don't take into consideration the Joe Musgrove edition, and those are pertinent to the people in Tier 3. So Tier 3 is 11 through 18. It's Luis Severino, Aaron Nola, Shane Bieber, Max Fried, Clayton Kershaw, Otani, Logan Webb, and Pablo Lopez. What's it called? Why is it called that?
2: Uh... I'm going to say it's Beluga because you sing the praises of them all the time.
1: Very lovely baby Beluga in the deep blue sea. So Luis Severino, Nola, Bieber, Freed, Kershaw, all fall one with the addition of Joe Musgrove. The largest riser in this tier is the cover image of the week. And that's Logan Webb who rises five up to number 17. So for you, is it just the fact that the slider and the changeup improvements have you thinking he's returned to this kind of ACE is going to ACE label?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He just got his A.J. label. Uh, the changeup has been excellent. The slider has been better than it was earlier in the season. Um, He's brought his whip all the way down to 113. Uh, it, it feels like it's the classic Logan Webb that we saw last year. Dependable. 92 innings this year. is sixth most among all starting pitchers. Um, seven wins already. is tied for 11th. It's all good stuff. Now, the strikeout rate at 22% has been rising, and that's another key element to this. I'm not really going to include the um, the earlier stuff, I mean, first start of the year was three Ks and the third start of the year was one. And I think that's taking down this striker rate a good amount. I mean, since May 18th, uh, Logan Webb's striker rate has been far better at 27%. Um, that's the guy that we expect across this last eight starts. So uh, I think that Logan Webb is just a, a solid rock and he's among all the other ones. This is the tier of the ace is going to ace. Am I saying that he's better than Max Fried? No. Uh, but he's better than the guys in tier four who have not quite been the ace thus far.
1: Talk to me a little bit about the conversation uh in your mind between Webb and Pablo Lopez because I imagine that's you know they're back to back it's a little bit tricky. What gave Webb the the edge over Lopez? Yeah.
2: Pablo Lopez hasn't been as dominant as of late. In uh, his last uh five starts none of them have been over six strikeouts. He's had a few blowups in those in those outings as well. It hasn't been smooth sailing lately for Pablo while Webb is
1: looking as best as he has. All right, let's move on to Tier 4, Julio Arias. This is 19 through 24. Julio Arius, Dylan C's, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Robbie Ray, and Brandon Woodruff. What's it called, and why is it called that?
2: It's Aquaman because, like, you don't really think of them as your superheroes, but he's like, no, nah, guys, I'm part of the Justice League. I'm a real thing.
1: Mm, mm, I like that, but you man, know? That he's not
2: Batman. He's not Superman. You
1: that know? movie was so bad.
0: <laughs> i haven't oh, it was,
1: seen it oh my god it was so bad I was, I was like one of those movies that you watch on a flight and there was just some point where they go underwater of course it's aquaman and a bunch of octopus Wait, what? get out of, of here they, they go out of they go <laughs> a bunch of octopodes are playing <laughs> drums and i was like i don't what? need to watch this yeah like, <laughs> I was like, okay all right relax um i mean they could do uh, pretty easily
2: i would imagine
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel a little bit vindicated um, about, I, 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 I don't want to say vindicated because that seems I am gloating uh, about someone's injury, but Brandon Woodruff, you know, hitting the <clears throat> excuse me, hitting the aisle and him kind of uncovering that he's got this Raynaud syndrome in his pitching hand uh, that has prevented him from getting the feel of certain pitches. To me, that was kind of like, oh, all of the things that I was complaining about earlier in the season about why he didn't look right, maybe why he wasn't able to put away people as sufficiently as he was, that maybe it's just too much of a scapegoat. Maybe it was that. Maybe it wasn't. Um, but he comes in at 24, which is the lowest he's been on the list so far this year. What has you concerned? Just that Raynaud syndrome?
2: Yeah, we've we've had other starters to return and not look right um, out of the gates. Uh, he doesn't have his A's an a stag. Uh, but yeah, that, that, you know, it, it affects things. We don't know how much it's going to affect him moving forward. Uh, so I can't say like, oh no, he's just as solid as all the other guys. There's a lot more unknown um, at the moment. While everyone else in this tier, Aureas Cease, Bassett, Montes, Ray are on the verge of getting their label back. And mm-hmm. I felt that he was underneath that, but tier five has their, you know, their fair share of, question marks and i feel like all right woodruff if he is returning now if they said you are ready to start again which they are doing that at least is encouraging um for me to believe that woodruff is ready you know that can return to that top 10 status but let's just start down here and see how it goes
1: Yeah, if I recall correctly, I think he made a few starts. Uh, Maybe it was just two in high A. First was two and two-thirds inning where he struck out seven, which I love. Uh, And then he also had one where he struck out seven uh, over five, giving up uh, a home run. It doesn't really matter. It's probably still tinkering. For me personally, this was kind of the most excited that I've been about him because he got treatment for this ran out syndrome. He said Mm -hmm. he's starting to feel a little more feeling in his fingers i guess they go numb they look like they're really or they feel as like they're. Really oh yeah cold. i actually have
2: i have that a little bit um with oh, my in wow. my toes uh anytime it gets cold all of a sudden i get it i have a very minor uh version of it um but yeah i, I all of a sudden i see just the pale whiteness of like my pinky toe i'm like this stinks
1: <laughs> awesome nick turns into a white walker in the winter <laughs> confirmed i'm already uh, super pale you know it's <laughs> You you hinted at this kind of next tier of sort of potential aces going to ace labels, so we can go ahead and move on to tier five, uh, which is twenty five through thirty one. Shane Baz, Zach Gallen, Yu Darvish, Charlie Morton, Lance Lynn, Luis Castillo, and Tony Gonsolin. What is it called and why is it called that?
2: Ooh, okay. Um, I'm gonna call this Blackbeard's ship because on one side a lot of you are like, oh yeah. Blackbeard's ship. That's the coolest thing ever. And the other side of it is like if you're seeing Blackbeard's ship, you're like, uh oh, <laughs> this isn't gonna be great, you know? Okay. And I feel that a lot with some of these guys, like Lancelin, for example. Like, you want to be really excited, but also can you be excited right now about Lancelin? I I mean you just had a gallows bowl over 20 whiffs, but then uh his fastball velocity is a little bit down and he hasn't had that uh overwhelming start yet. Tony Gonson, we're excited about him. He's on this amazing run, but I don't actually believe that he's going to hold on to it through the full season and so on. With a lot of these guys, it feels like that, where there's both a really good and a really bad.
1: Yeah, Um, we can start with Shane Boz, uh, who leads this tier in number 25, who rose eight. So he picks up 10 whiffs against the Yankees after going four and two thirds. He only gets, I think, six K's, but he rises eight spots. Talk to me about him rising more spots than he recorded K's.
2: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Shane Boz looks exactly like the man we want him to. He started uh, against the Orioles and the Yankees. Dominated him both. I mean, 78 pitches. Sure, they're not letting Boz go to 85-90 quite yet, but I think that's what we're going to see over time. And yeah, against the Yankees, six strikeouts, one earned run in 4.2 innings is really nice. Dominate your Orioles the week before, um, despite all the things that you've told me about your Orioles. Uh, And I feel like Shane Boz is... Are we doing this again, Nicholas? I'm not doing anything. I'm just stating, I'm just surprised, honestly, to see that based on
1: what the same you amount of wins as the angels.
2: <laughs> yeah. it happens when you have the most games no, played. It's, any okay. <laughs>
1: it's also the most opportunities to lose. Thank you very much. Just
2: saying, uh, yeah, if you throw, if you play a hundred or a thousand games, you're going to have the most wins of anyone. Anyway. Um, the uh, Shane Boz essentially is looking like a stud at the moment. It's just a matter of more time. And I felt of the guys inside this tier, he has the highest potential to be more beneficial than harmful.
1: We talked a little bit last week about uh, Charlie Morton uh, and kind of what we were seeing from him, determining whether he's back. Are we willing to say? That he's back now with so the last four games eight Ks twelve Ks nine Ks eleven Ks obviously that four and runs against the Pirates you're kind of like that's interesting
2: that was but, so weird yeah
1: yeah but those uh th- he's he's it just looks like he's, he's it looks like something finally clicked for him
2: yeah and you don't need me guys you know he's back like okay. a, a guy doesn't do that he doesn't have forty strikeouts in four starts. Mm-hmm. That's and he's just like oh i don't know it's just a good day like no <laughs> i mean that that's amazing and I, I look, keep in mind the first one was in cores and he still did those eight strikeouts and we're like oh you know it's yeah. like that meme of the wwe uh founder or whatever his name is the ceo oh, Vince McMahon, the with, yeah leaning in his chair and they just 12 strikeouts and then against the pirates and then it's nine against the cubs and then 11 against the giants and both those last two are across seven innings each it's just oh, hey, what's up, Charlie Morin? You figured it out. It's great. Your curveball has a 37.5% CSW as your most thrown pitch. This is really wonderful. So so yeah, you should feel really good about Charlie Morin right now. You keep running with him. Sure, we understand that maybe he does fall apart too, but he's going to continue to rise on this list.
1: There and then we've we harped on him a bit, so I don't want to you know spend too much time on him. But it is you brought up something interesting with Tony Conson last week, where the strike zone plot against Cincinnati was just absolutely fantastic. Where he was just burying the sliders and his splitters kind of down and away, with kind of elevating those four seamers a little bit. He had aside from the four seamer usage, the sliders and the splitters in the uh, strike zone plot were very similar. Um yeah. The four seamers were a, a little. Four seamers were
2: Yeah, the four, four seamers, seamers were down. like. Ugh. But yeah. whatever, it's it's good enough that allowed him to have that good start against Atlanta.
1: Yeah, it was interesting to watch. So, so uh, uh, he was the guy that ESPN focused on for uh, the player. Broadcast. What's it called? The the, bro- the overlays that I made this yeah. week. And his his uh, splitter has gained drop for four consecutive years, which huh. is pretty amazing to hear. Cool. It, and it's got over ten inches more drop than it had in 2019. Oh wow! Just. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's a, it's a pretty amazing. And yeah, by the way, that I was that was
2: fast way of saying, hey, guys, I do overlays for ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. And it's wonderful. And we're all incredibly proud of you, Fast.
1: I, I, I say this from the bottom of my heart, Nick. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, it's one thing that I learned. We well. all care. No, we it's think it's, it's so cool. A long time ago, no one cares about <laughs> what you do seriously like no one cares uh it, which is fine with me no one cares I'm, I'm i've accepted that um the the other thing that is kind of interesting about him and we only saw this uh, a little bit with the cincinnati start that i was kind of curious to see was the slider picking up 10 whiffs right because the four the, sl- the splitter has been the predominant kind of whip pitch for him over the course of the season and there have been some instances where um the splitter hasn't been the one that he's relied on most there's definitely you know the start against uh the angels the week before Cincinnati, he picked up eight whiffs on the four seamer, but there was something about that slider usage against Cincinnati that just was like, Oh wait, do we have a third with pitch here? And then as you said, against Atlanta, not a, not a lot of whiffs, right? Just nine whiffs total. Yeah. But it's, it's exciting to, so I mean I, he's another guy who's kind of maybe at the precipice, right? Mm-hmm. Curious to see if things start to yeah, go, the, south or uh, they go south quick.
2: And it sounds so minimal, but really just small slider adjustments, of where we saw more that landed just under the zone. I mean, really, when you think of the strike zone plot, or strike zone, really, down and away, and really nipping at that corner and going underneath it is how you get whiffs with it. And mm-hmm. if you stay above it at all, even if it's off the end of the plate, if you stay above it, it gives a much larger opportunity for guys that are swinging at that to make contact. That's why we only saw four out of 31 slider whiffs against Atlanta, are off the plane, still in that good quadrant but not quite as precise as we saw against Cincinnati. Those little things do make that difference. It's really nice to see him have it uh, in that Cincinnati start. Not quite the same, but still good enough um, and to, to be productive. I mean, sure, it's not a whiff, but then it's a foul ball, or it's maybe it's a grounder to first or something along those lines. So it, it's still very good. I'm glad to see Tony Gonsolin perform this way. But yeah, that fastball is kind of scared me um, against uh, against Atlanta, and hopefully, that's not something that sticks around
1: funny we keep talking about the cincinnati start with all the whiffs and the great strike zone he had four k's so it's not like <laughs> it is,
2: yeah i mean yeah but 19 whiffs i mean that's just one of those things where like all right it just didn't work out that way
1: yeah uh let's move on to our first chonky tier of the day the first chonkster <laughs> tier 6 32 through 43 lucas giolito Nestor cortez kyle wright logan gilbert terek scuble sean mania Framber valdez patrick sandoval luis garcia joe ryan jordan montgomery and mike clevenger what's it called why is it called that
2: um, I'm gonna call it the Loch Ness monster. Um, because it is chalky, yes. Mm-hmm. But their success success could be mythical.
1: And also, does Mike Clevenger exist? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the question. <laughs> does he really exist? I
0: don't
2: know, We've been waiting I've, for years for him to like throw consistent uh, starts, and he—I um, think he had one strikeout like in three whiffs in his one start this past week. And it's, what are you? Are you real?
1: Yeah, we can actually talk about it because you're right. He picked up, he, he went four innings against Arizona and picked up three whiffs. Three whiffs. That, that's scary, man. That's not yeah. Mike Clevenger.
2: No, I, I mean, I want to chalk this up to being like, all right, you know, you, you had this start against Coors. we were only through 39 uh, uh, pitches. I believe actually that might have been a, a yeah, it was relief, a relief appearance. appearance. Yeah. And that was him getting eased back after going on the IL on uh, the 5th of June. And, okay, I, I kind of treated this like it was a still-ill, right? Um, mm-hmm. That one's start coming off. We didn't really know how many pitches he was going go. to go. It was a one or run, you know, four innings, whatever. Yeah. But, man, yeah, this wasn't the guy that we wanted. Fastball velocity was a little bit higher at 94.4 as opposed to 93, so that's good. I, I kind of just feel like, look, all right, just give him a moment or two. He'll have a slider back, and then things can be actually good. Finally... Uh, For Mike Clevenger, who's only played in six games this year, he has yeah. one game of five innings thus far—just one. So uh, it, it, we'll get there. We'll get there with Clevenger.
1: One of these days, I'm gonna be sitting across from a friend in a bar and say, "You think you've made mistakes? I kept Mike Clevenger over Zach Gallon in 2022." Um, I told you too. <laughs> No, you were actually the person who told me too, and I've got the receipts to prove it, my friend. Uh, I mean, it was, really. it was a, it was a. <laughs> It was a cost. Oh, thing. there was a there's dollars involved. Yeah, there's dollars. But oh it well, was like fine. You 2 dollars just... more. No, it was like two dollars more. It doesn't matter. Um yeah. Lucas Giolito <laughs> uh picked up sixteen so he, he dropped seventeen, he's at thirty-two. He picked up sixteen whips in his start against uh Texas uh three starts ago, and then he has failed to combine for over sixteen whiffs against Houston and Toronto in his last two starts. He's gonna get the Giants in San Francisco though this weekend are you taking that risk because it's been bad
2: it's been I have no idea who you just said fast Lucas oh Lucas Giolito okay I did hear you say and I was like she's gonna say the name again right (laughs) (laughs) no you know this is the things I do for everybody I repeat the names because I make sure Lucas Giolito Lucas Giolito okay (laughs) uh giolito has been atrocious the last five starts i mean really a detriment to all fantasy teams in that time six and runs two four eight seven are his last five outings i struggled with where i should be putting lucas giolito on the list here uh, i i settled at 32 dropping 17 spots because all right i i i'm pretty confident that Giolito is not all of a sudden, what was his 2018 self, 17 self, where he's the worst pitcher in baseball mm. before he changes arming. I believe 2018, 19 was the, was the coming out party. And for, for Giolito, it's just, okay, buddy, it's been rough right now. I think you're going to be making the tweaks. Do I think it's going to be next start? No. But we all recognize this is a top 20, if not top 15 pitcher when he does sort that out. And there is always a risk-reward that we take. I think in the fantasy world, I personally often take the short-term more so than the long-term. But when it's inside the top 35 or, you know, when, when it's this kind of caliber, you got to wait it out. If You got to stash that. If it's, if it's for one start, you want to wait until you see it okay. And then eventually at some point you have to cut bait. I don't think we're at that point right now. And I think when I look at everybody here, you say from, I don't know, july 10th moving forward lucas julio should be easily ahead of all of them
1: so are you sitting him for this next start
2: uh, i don't want to he goes tonight against the angels i kind of just want to start him i know it's oh, it tonight too okay i crazy and like you guys are hearing this and starts already happened and like
1: nick you idiot
2: you know that's fine i deserve or
1: nick you genius Nicky
2: Genius. <laughs> never um, those words have never been
1: spoken <laughs> let's repeat the mantra nick no one cares um, <laughs> Matt, who cares? Um no one cares um who the last cares? person i wanted to talk about in this tier number 41 joe ryan he falls five spots my biggest thing coming into the season was that teams were going to be able to figure him out a early on in, or in games or in the second and third inning because of that pitch mix and then b they, the deceptive nature of his uh, fastball was going to kind of wear off as the season progressed. Then, you uh, so I made a bet with, with Paul Spore, $100 for a charity of our choice, uh, over or under four ERA. I took the over. Then I saw his slider usage increase in that second start, and I was fully ready to admit that I was going to lose this bet. He threw the slider over 40% of the time. This is the only time he has thrown it over 30% this year. And his May and his June splits by ERA and WOBA have been really poor. So the uh, April was was unreal. It's a sub two ERA. He's looking like one of the best pitchers in baseball, Rookie of the Year candidate. May he goes twenty and a third with a three point five four ERA and a three eleven WOBA. Not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Since he's returned from COVID uh, in June, fifteen and two thirds innings pitched with a five seven four ERA and a three ninety three WOBA. Uh, this isn't necessarily me about Uh, about the bet that paul and i have it's more about why isn't he throwing that slider more because it seems like there's opportunity for him to 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 continue to be a, a pretty damn good
0: pitcher
2: yeah so i have a lot of thoughts about joe ryan and i'm sure everybody listening has something they want to tell you and i'll you know i'll confirm that or not after a quick break
1: so here's the thing
2: about Joe Ryan. The last three starts uh, beginning on June 14th were after his COVID IL stint, which was longer than we expected. He won the COVID IL on May 21st. And it does seem as if he has long COVID here, uh, that it's affecting him a little bit more than you would want it to. Um, and you know, right now, last three starts have been 10 ERA with 11 strikeouts, only just one strikeout in that Rocket road start. It doesn't seem encouraging uh, where he is currently. And Joe Ryan works best when his four seamers are not YM lock that is uh, middle of the zone vertically uh, when it's instead high lock and then having those sliders down a lot. He actually did have a seven strikeout game against the Guardians sandwiched between the first and the third that I'm talking about here. And that was OK. We were saying, all right, this is more encouragement taking steps forward and then had that uh, step back against the rocky road. Joe Ryan to me, I think, is someone that as he keeps going is you know just going to get back more into the groove. I feel if you have him, you keep leaning on it. I know that some people are saying, all right, I want one more start where he does well. And then I'm selling him. I get it. I understand because it's very confusing. How affected is he uh, by COVID still? I'm not quite sure. And generally, as we've seen things like this before, of guys coming off the IL and not being quite the same, time does fix it. Uh, So I'm believing in Joe Ryan still. Maybe I should have him lower. Maybe it's a case where he just needs to go back in the IL because it's still affecting him. Mm-hmm. We don't know right now.
1: There's also something, I don't know if this is this pure conjecture, this Wes Johnson thing is kind of wild. Oh my God, um, right? So, And I don't know how... Tell everybody when that is fast. So Wes Johnson is the pitching coach for the uh, Minnesota Twins who has some what? notoriety. He's, he, he seems to be a very well-respected pitching coach inside of Major League Baseball circles. Um, and he has left to take the uh, head – I think he's the pitching coach for LSU now, not yeah, manager. Right. He's
0: just yeah, Yeah, just the pitching coach, LSU. yeah.
1: And, you know, Kyle Bodie had a great tweet yesterday where he was like, do you know how much money LSU is going to throw at that man? So uh, if it is about money, he's there. It is interesting because a lot of people think like, well, the dream is always to be at the big league level. Maybe Wes Johnson's done it. Maybe he feels, you know, he's ready for LSU. But the the point is then I have never seen a – I don't I've ever, ever seen a pitching coach willingly leave a job in the middle of the season – for, for their first place, right. Or, or they're, they were,
2: teams. yeah, it was, they're doing well. They could be a playoff team and have a, you know, like
1: what? And it's not about it, like, it, to me, I just wonder what, it, what that, what happens inside of an organization, right? Yeah. Uh, there has to have been some handoff, you know, just think like logistically, think about your job, if it's going well or not going well. And your boss, if that person is an <laughs> effective boss, all of a sudden just leaves And you have to run an entire department. There's so many opportunities for communication breakdowns. So I'll be curious to see what happens there over the coming week.
2: Oh, man, it's going to be wild. And maybe we'll see even some situations of a pitcher performing better because they feel unleashed. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah.
1: It could be, but there's no, and that's why it's conjecture. There's really no way of knowing. Right. Um, there is another person in the next tier who I would like to uh, also talk about when it comes to selling high. Let's see if you can guess who it is. It's Tier 7, 44 through 51. Tristan McKenzie, George Kirby, Nick Pavetta, Martin Perez, Jeffrey Springs, Spencer Strider, John Gray, and Christian Javier. First, what's it called? Why is it called that?
2: Uh, this tier is called... Um, s- six flags water adventures because it's really fun at first but then by the end you're like I don't know if I really want to be here anymore.
1: Yeah, cuz that old man vanga boys guy comes out, the bald guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: that person uh okay, I'm not even going to get into that. Who do you think my cell high was on this list?
2: I I would say your cell high. I mean, there're two clear ones. Okay. I mean, like you could argue a lot of these are. Um, It's either Nick Pavetta or Martin Perez. It's not. Wow. Okay. Uh, Spencer Strider.
1: It is Spencer Strider.
2: Because of the strike rates?
1: I think that uh, Spencer Strider had a dip in his velocity in the start against San Francisco. And it pointed towards something to me. Now, I think he had mentioned that he just didn't feel right in that start. And that makes sense. But I think what we are forgetting is this is Spencer Strider's rookie year. He throws 100 miles an hour. We've already seen one dip in velocity, and he's never thrown more than like 60 innings combined across the minor league level in a year. Um, I would be very surprised if he is continuing to start in like August or September, because I think when you get down to it, they might view him as someone who is a better – Swingman for the playoffs right like Mm. unless he continues to be dominant um which maybe he could be but i would be surprised um they have a one two three rotation that they could take into the playoffs and rather than keep him as a potential four i think he could be better served as a guy who can maintain that velocity by coming in to throw one inning in the playoffs and as a result i would be surprised if they let him get gassed in september or august and continue to throw at 98 99 miles an hour cuz that's for, th- there's one thing that we don't really like talk about a lot from this perspective that you know other people in the sport have kind of brought to my attention he is learning how to take care of his arm he's like yeah, what sure. 24 25 whatever he there's a there's a certain level of experience that comes year over year with maintaining a certain level of velocity yeah but have you seen Spencer Strider's Ha- uh, quads, quads, yeah, it's yes. Quadzilla. He, I, I made a quad father thing for ESPN that no one cared about yesterday. I cared uh, about it. No one cares. Um, <laughs> but, and I'm not saying. Let me get one thing straight. I'm not saying that for pity. I'm just saying that that's the overall mentality of people in the world. No one cares about you. Oh my God, um,
2: we all no, care so much about
1: you. No, no, no. Listen, it's not about me. I'm
2: saying in the world, no yeah. one cares. No one Is cares. This, so no who cares. are you subtweeting right now?
1: I'm not so. am ju- I'm. I'm ju- my, my world <laughs> mentality. My world mentality. No one cares. He oh, had a wow. baby. No one cares. Oh, it, why it is it Zelda- Zelda- are you, oh,
2: wait, Are you bringing Zelda
1: tomorrow? Mm, maybe. Now, I might really? be able to drop by so you can meet her. I might. I might have Chris drop by so you can say hello.
2: Oh my god! I would love to say hi.
1: All right. But do you understand my point about Shredder? Yes. You hear where I'm coming. Sorry. <laughs>
2: sorry i I mean okay so so there's two things i do want to mention about spencer strider one he i do call him still a cherry bomb this past week spencer strider had that great start against the dodgers that's everyone's going to be like oh my god oh my god it was so great it was on sunday night baseball and it was amazing but you're going to forget about the giants one that he had that was sub 60 percent strike rates on both his fastball and his slider and when he does that he doesn't do well and we don't know on a given night if his control is going to be good enough now 80 percent strikes on his four seamer last night this stuff is so good. As long as he's throwing strikes and getting them through, you know, through swings and everything, you're fine. You're going to be great, but it's inconsistent at the moment. The second point you're making about how Spencer Strider goes through the season, right? August and September where I have him ranked is around 50. Mm-hmm. And I generally don't think about August and September at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important that you try and do the best you can right now and don't over plan for the end of the year it, totally. it's, it's something we do constantly we talk about innings limits this is the point at which we start having those conversations and more times than not something else gets in the way let it be a guy a guy just goes the team doesn't actually limit them and we go wow okay i guess he gets another start this is great maybe they get injured or they leave in july and then they come back in september or maybe they ultimately do get shut down but then Okay, you go and get something else, you know, and what determines your head to head league often is not if Spencer Strider is still pitching or not. And you invested in that. It's if Zach Wheeler is actually going to have that good start that one week. Maybe he doesn't get his start that one week because they're like the Phillies have got the place, the rotation spot. And we don't want to overwork him into the playoffs because he already has 200 innings this year. You don't know. It's such a crapshoot in September anyway. Do not ruin your other month's trying to plan around that it just doesn't work so in that respect i'm not so sure it's a sell high because i don't even know how high you could sell him I'm um, considering i think the volatility is very apparent i have him around 50 uh so i i'm excited for it i'm excited to watch just spencer strata mm-hmm. throw 100 mile per hour pitches past guys and it's super satisfying I, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's where I am on Strider. I think a lot of, I would imagine the fantasy community is kind of here at the moment too. I, I, I have this perception by the way, at fast of like how the fantasy community feels about guys. That's so loose and within my own bubble and my own sure. thing. Sure. I'm like, I just imagine that. Yeah. No one's actually treating Spencer Strider like this or that. And occasionally every so often I look at someone else's list, some randos list or something like that, just to get an idea of what does some random people at, Person actually think because not everyone's gonna have my same top one hundred every week, mm. and I see like one guy that is like loved or hated, and I just go, "What is this?" You yeah, know, yeah, yeah and it throws me off. So I don't know exactly how it is, but I would imagine Spencer Strider. It's all excitement, but y'all recognize that, like, yeah, you should have Sean Mania instead of this, right?
1: So what yeah. I, what I'm saying too is, well, one for me, the San Francisco story It was the dip in velocity is what I think led to those strikes when that velocity dips. It's the he does not do well, and that's what leads me to believe that maybe the precipice is closer than we think. They're gonna have an interesting conversation when Mike Soroko returns because who else gets bumped?
2: Uh, well, you you can say you can say Ian Anderson. You could, I'm not gonna sit here and say that uh, Kyle Wright is forever going to be a dependable SP3. I, yeah, I've seen his command not be at the top of this game for a lot the past six weeks. Uh, i hope so i hope it is but we'll see where kyle wright is in uh in august i'm curious i think
1: what they might uh, might might again conjecture but if I'm oh, thinking, i am <laughs> um, if i'm thinking like atlanta mike soroka comes back i've got kyle wright and ian anderson who have thrown the innings i've got spencer strider who could th- th- you know theoretically flame out with that velocity at that point has, make them longer relief.
2: Anderson throwing
1: the innings He's throwing more than than Spencer Strider. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's not. You know, Ian Anderson is is still super young.
1: Yeah, and, but he's uh, thrown one hundred and twenty eight. Spencer's highest is sixty.
2: Oh, I understand. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but it's all. You know, he, maybe he deals with fatigue too. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll see yeah, what I happens there.
1: I don't know. You don't know. We don't yeah. know. We don't know. Um, <laughs> what I do know is that we got a tiny little baby tier at tier eight. And that's uh, a bunch of friggin' losers. They all fell. <laughs> 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 Jose Barrios, Sonny Gray, Mackenzie Gore, and Michael Kopech. What's it called, or why is it called that?
2: It's called Zema because they're such losers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the aquatic team, very nice. Uh, what? It, what? There, there is no great. At this point, if Jose Barrios wow. is going to, if he's going to finish the years as, as where we think, which is the sub right at the low four ERA mark. That I man's gonna to have to have a, a, a heck of a second half. Yeah. So, what, so what okay. we
2: doing? when I, when we say the the great undulator, I mean, I think for the whole year, like, okay, cool, you're going to be between three five and three nine, right? And that idea, that concept, is forever existing. What I mean by that is, okay, if you take Barrios at this point moving forward, if you think like if he adjusts in his next start, like, I mean, he just left fourteen hundred runs in two games. It's super super rare for guys to do that. I, mm-hmm. uh, and then let's say he goes like one earned run in like six innings next start or something like that. Then you just kind of reset it, but cool. From this point to the end of the year, great on you later. You know, um, the way the reason I put him here, and I really wrestled with it today. If, I mean, it's so hard. It's uh, one of the most difficult things I do is when a really talented pitcher is going through his rough patch.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How do I rank that?
1: Sure.
2: Because I cannot sit here and tell you that I guarantee he's going to recover from it. History tells me that he generally will, but then there's always Patrick Corbin that exists. And then, you know, or maybe he's falling so far and you're missing out on your Jeffrey Springs and your John Gray and Christian Javier. So I put him at 50 where I felt that those below him are not doing so exceedingly well that they're, yes, you start them and you're going to get value now. Um, Where I believe... You know, if I had to be a betting man, I would say, yes, Jose Brios will have a sub four ERA the rest of the season from this point moving forward. And I've said that a lot of times and I've been wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but likely wrong when I've said that a couple of weeks ago, I'm still willing to continue to make that bet.
1: Okay. Um, Mackenzie Gore Another guy in this tier, uh, he finally saw past the fourth inning for the first time since the beginning of June, but couldn't quite get that command right as he issued four walks. Uh, are, are the hopes of a kind of rookie of the year now in the dust nah. for Mackenzie Gore?
2: Nah, it hasn't been the sharpest three starts. He had this bad start against Rocky Road, then in Coors as well. But don't forget, he struck out 10 um, at the start of June against the Brewers. Mm. And this one, he didn't have his secondaries. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he still allowed zero and runs in five innings against the Phillies, you know, and that was before Bryce Harper fractured his thumb. Yeah, I uh, this is a all right. That's a good step forward. You had your fastball working great. Now, you know, get your curveball slider change up working again. and Everything's fine. So we're still sticking with McKenzie Gore.
1: All right. Let's move on to the next tier, tier nine. Miles Michaelis, 59, excuse me, 56 through 62. Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, Tyler Anderson, Tyler Molly, Hunter Green, Eric Lauer and Josiah Gray. Uh, what's called. it called why is it called that why is it called that
2: <sighs> um, this is called uh, you know what this is called distilled water because now we're getting basic uh, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I mean I don't know these guys are like Miles Michaelis, Wainwright and Anderson are your pristine Tobies I guess um and Ma- Mally uh Green, Lauer, and Josiah Gray are all a little bit exciting. And you're sometimes really happy to get some water. Like, oh thank God I got water. Um <laughs> But uh but then other times you're like oh all we have is water. This is the worst. So uh yeah, that's that's this.
1: Very nice, very lovely. Um is it a surprise to you that the second uh best St. Louis Cardinals starter on this list right now is Miles Michael? uh second best who's first max freed what he's oh, not league? max Fried. i mean what's his name um oh wait did i just have a complete brain fart and put max freed on the cardinals is there yeah. anyone on this list who is no. higher than no list? jack clarity's on the il yeah it's so funny because i was literally writing the notes for this and i was like <laughs> oh wait what am i talking about max freed is higher than him why did i do that uh that's got to be a little bit of a shock. If I would have told you that in, in June, the second best Cardinal, the best Cardinal pitcher on the list is Miles Michaelis. it's a little bit of a shock.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, by the way, you take notes for this? You don't send them to me anymore.
1: What's the point? You don't
2: read them. <laughs> I do. I scan it to get an idea. Okay. And then, like, <laughs> I just assumed you didn't anymore. All right. No, no, no. I got my own little notes. um Miles Michaelis has been able to strike out guys again. And it seems very strange. And it's just all right, man, like we talked about Pavetta and and Perez being the primary Vargas rules, but Michaelis kind of too. And uh, that's really cool. Um, There's not much more I can say. Like if you have Miles Michaelis, you're not dropping him for the guys below. You're just continuing to roll with him. I don't think it's going to last in the second half, but whatever.
1: So two more guys that I wanted to talk about in this year. One, a guy who has been falling precipitously over the past couple of weeks seems to have not fallen quite as precipitously in this most recent start. Uh, and that's Eric Lauer, who gave a and runs against the Cardinals, one walk, five Ks over six innings pitched only falls three. Uh, it's not been great for him recently. What are you doing? Mom?
2: But his fastball was 94 as opposed to 92.5. Mm. And when it comes to the piece of the puzzle for fixing Lauer, his slider was much better in the start. His velocity was back up. The last thing is just get that fastball a little bit higher. There was a lot of stuff in the middle. And if that goes back up and elevated as before, that is the lower that we saw in April and early May. So I can't lower him so much. Maybe he'd lose that velocity again. And I grasp that you don't want to chase as You think the odds of it happening are not very high. And that makes a lot of sense. Still, I am going to go after this, or I'm going to recognize that maybe this is actually the beginning of Lauer returning to proper form
1: love to see that uh Josiah Gray another thing you love to see picks up 16 total whiffs across the slider and curveball eight in the slider seven across the curveball strikes out nine goes seven innings pitcher just two earned runs uh, at the Rangers that's got you believing that maybe he can string together some really good starts
2: he tossed sub 30% fastballs in this one with 66% sliders and curveballs and I love to see that. His fastball has been the susceptible offering this year 34% hard contact allowed while his slider well that has a 37% CSW and his curveball a 33% clip. Man, if he can do those two like this in the future just both earning strikes above 60% of the time Ah, huh, that could actually work, and he has a good series of matchups ahead. So I kind of want to try Josiah Gray right now and see if this is going to work out.
1: Next tier, tier 10, ten, sixty three through sixty nine: Carlos Carrasco, Syndergaard, Z. Contreras, Jameson Tyon, Tywin Walker, Corey Kluber, Graham Ashcraft. What's it called? Why is it called that?
2: Um, it's called H two O because it's just all right. I guess that is water. <laughs>
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, the first time I nerd be a nerd. <laughs> You're freaking nerds. Uh, is Ronzi Contreras. Oh um, I got to watch a good amount of his start recently against uh, the Rays. It was a fun start because it was McClanahan versus Ronzi Contreras. And I got a little bit worried because I just do not feel that this man has a pitch that he can consistently control for strikes. Yeah. The fastball is really good. The slider is really good, but the fastball missed up a lot. The slider missed down a lot. And I think he's perpetually one inning away from getting just completely rocked. The example of this start, he had just walked the bases loaded. Uh, I think there was one out in the bottom of the second. He just walked the bases loaded against the like five, six, seven hitter. And then mm-hmm. Francisco Mejia came up and did something that immediately should have had him brought down to the minors. He had, <laughs> and Contreras had just walked the bases loaded. Yeah, right. Francisco and he swings Mejia, the first
2: pitch out of the zone, right?
1: He sw- I don't know. The first one I think was in the zone, but he struck out on three pitches. Oh, the man. last of which was a slider that bounced like 30 feet ahead of him. And I was like, <laughs> if I am a Rays fan, I am demanding he be sent down. Cause it oh, was no. just an abysmal at bat, but it helped Ronzi Contreras. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, he loses control a lot, but he seems to be able to work his way out of jams by throwing an opportune fastball. And I like how he approaches the game. Cause it seems like he's always keeping it light and keeping it fun. But man, someday that control really feels like it's just going to blow up and, and hit him in the face.
2: Absolutely. I mean, he's at 65 and we're pretty much at the point of just, all right, these are not the ones that I'm chasing and going getting excited for, right? Carrasco and Syndergaard are pretty much Toby's. And so is Tyone and, and Tywin Walker and Corey Kluber and Graham Ashcraft. Like, not these must-hold players. Um, so that's why you do see Romancey fall a bit. I don't trust that command. Currently, for him across the board. Now we have seen moments where he's looked stellar, like that game against the Diamondbacks, where five point two innings and eight strikeouts and no one runs, and they followed that with seven Ks against Atlanta, which is pretty impressive. Mm. But he is not someone who is commanding the zone as you want him to. And concerning, he's pretty much two pitch. He does have a curveball in there. They does flip in for strikes, but it's not the. Uh, he gets in the zone a lot, but it's just not overwhelming. He's erratic. He's inefficient. Uh, Ramon's Contreras is not the finished product we want him to be.
1: Yeah, it's a shame. And I mean, I don't know what that organization is like with, with pitching. Obviously they have a storied history of, you know, trading pitchers and those pitchers getting better when they leave. But, uh, I, I don't know if that's going to continue to happen. So it'll be an interesting thing to keep note of. I want to talk about one more guy on this tier before we move on. And that's Graham Ashcraft. Uh, this man threw 53 cutters against Seattle in the middle of, uh, of uh against the cardinals excuse me in the middle of june and he said you know what hold my beer and he throws huh. 69 cutters against the giants yeah. in san francisco i loved it i mean the pitch a, to have a 30.4 percent csw on a pitch that you're throwing almost 70 times he's is pretty damn good uh it was a lot of fun to watch what are you thinking about graham Ashcraft? so
2: at first um he changed his approach from uh, cutter sinker slider And the whole story of Graham Ashcraft is pretty interesting to me, where he's cutter and sinker and has a slider. He can't throw it for a strike, but he throws really hard, right? It's like 97 on that cutter and sinker going in opposite directions. So then I say, okay, if you can just throw the slider for a strike, that's all you need to do. You don't need to get whiffs with it. Just get strikes with this pitch to keep batters honest and be able to throw it like 25% of the time or so then you're going to dominate because you just throw so hard and then you have another pitch you get strikes with and it's going to be a really tough battle each time with these fast was going in opposite directions. So then the slider starts falling for strikes. I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. And then you have these starts where Ashcraft is allowing forward runs and six earned runs. And I go, wait, what's going on? He stopped throwing the sinker. So now it's just cutter and slider and they have these two similar movement. And then now he's going against the Giants and gets 8 strikeouts, 200 runs and 8 innings, and the sinker's gone or at least it's a little bit there, 14 thrown and I realize, oh wait a second, I understand Ashcraft your sinker has allowed 36% hard contact and it holds just a 54% strike rate I understand, you can't command this thing and it's terrible, that's why you stopped throwing it, why it was bad in those other two starts or his overall performance I can't really tell you, but the fact that the cutter was as good as it was inside the zone so constantly, was amazing. Uh the slider is not this major with pitch, but it is different velocity wise and the two of those pitches combined both limit hard contact pretty well, 21% on the slider and about 26% on the cutter. Look, they limit fly balls, it's it's good. Only oh, what is it? 18% fly ball rate right with that cutter. He's throwing it um nearly 60% of the time, then yeah, that's going to help him a lot. So, I think he's interesting Graham Ashcraft could kind of be Drew in 2.0 here. That is allowed to go more than five innings. Uh, but we'll see how this plays out. I'm not totally sold that cutter slider is the answer. I do think a world of the three pitches all working in tandem is the best approach for the future because you need something different that's a different um, approach to the plate, right? Cutter is going the same direction as a slider, just harder and less exaggerated movement. So having that sinker to mix up is important, I think. And we'll see how this develops. I'm very curious.
1: Let's move on to tier 11. Another Chalker, 70 through 79. Jose Urquidy, Alex Cobb, Blake Snell, Merrill Kelly, Marco Gonzalez, Ian Anderson, Alex Wood, Michael Lorenzen, Kyle Gibson, and Cal Quantrill. What's it called and why is it called that?
2: This is called water dancing because these guys just move around the list every single week. All right. Um, where? Wow! Is... I thought that was impressive. Fast. I, I was very proud of that tier your name. You're just like, ah, I us to move on. Uh, I can't let it get to your head.
0: You know I, mean? I
1: can't let it. I can't let it inflate your ego. Oh, I was, um, like, just kind of, like lean back, like, oh, very nice, very nice. Oh yes, 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 yes. cook. <laughs> cool. Uh I, I I was more excited about. Uh, I wasn't more excited, but I was uh, just curious to hear your answer about the next question, which is: the season ends today. Where uh-huh. is Blake Snell being drafted next year?
2: Oh wow. He's probably the last round of your of your draft.
1: That's what I was kind of thinking, right? Because he's he's interesting because y- you look at the home run to fly ball rate and it's the lowest of his career, except except for 2016, so lowest since 2016. Yet he's giving up much more fly balls. It's that whip and that left on base percentage that is just. I mean, then of course in the, the walk rate, but we saw that kind of last year with 12 two percent walk rate which is insane <laughs> but he's up the swinging strike rate but his left on base rate i mean i gotta double check but this has to be the worst for someone who's 59
2: yeah 59 league average is 72.5 percent, so it's pretty bad uh strike really rate bad. is down three points from league average league average is about 64 his is 61 and I, I look this is the way i see it with blake snell is i'm still waiting for him to do what he did the end of july last year which is throw four seamers comfortably in the zone. I'm talking like a 70% strike rate. And he's not doing that. Mm. He he just simply isn't um, at the moment. Fastballs have been erratic. And even if his curveball looked good last time, nine whiffs on 24 thrown, he's not setting it up right with his fastball. And until he's doing that, I mean, look, he hit uh, Bryce Harper with a 97 mile per hour fastball in the thumb, you know, almost in his head. Like he is not there at the moment. You can't start him in fantasy right now, and it's just got to sit back and wait for it.
1: It's actually kind of crazy. He's actually not even in the top five of starters uh, with a minimum of five starts, which is actually kind of surprising to me. I really thought he would have kind of led the league there. Uh, The person who actually has the lower left-on-base rate uh, is someone in this tier. Any quick guesses?
2: Uh, The lowest left-on-base rate in this tier, it's either um, Alex Wood or Alex Cobb
1: you are correct it's one of the Alex's and Alex Cobb with a 56% yeah. left on base rate right now yeah. the old 5.4 ERA and 2.33 expected ERA yeah, you yes. to see it yes are we just saying he's having one of the unluckiest uh, yeah well, I mean we, just, so we know
2: this it? but it's also yeah you know, there's sometimes a, yeah it's a lot of bad luck but sometimes yeah. you can't just do that and all of a sudden he's going to regress back to amazing luck right it's just not how it always works
1: Okay. Um, let's move on to our next tier here, because we still have three tiers to go. Uh, tier 12, 80 through 88, Mitch Keller, David Peterson, Keegan Thompson, Tyler Wells, Devin Smeltzer, Trevor Rogers, Paul Blackburn, Michael Waka, and Jackson Tetralt. Te- tra- t- tra- t- uh, what's it called, and why is it called that?
2: Uh, oh, I have I have the name of the next tier. Dang it. I was like, uh-huh. oh, this, don't, don't spoil it. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to call this the Goldfish tier, because you're going to look at them and go, oh, you're interesting. You know, like the exotic fish that you have in a fishbowl.
1: I love like that you fish. just went from goldfish to exotic and fish.
2: I know, I know. I, me- I meant it like, you got to understand, growing up, my friends had a fishbowl like, that was into the wall almost, <laughs> and it had all these things, everything, but there was just a goldfish inside of it. Okay. So it was like an adventure of a thing, but it's just a basic goldfish, <clears throat> not like some exotic fish, but it should have been an exotic fish. So um, yeah, that's this tier.
1: That, all of that is this tier. <laughs> How much? Uh, I'm just going to give you the floor and let you talk about your favorite pitcher in baseball, Tyler Wells, for 30 seconds straight. Okay, and go.
2: Tyler Wells, we actually watched them on the stream today. He is so unbelievably boring fast. Um, can I can I tell you this? The, the league average yeah. of four seamers okay allow 31.5 percent hard contact. That's on every plate appearance that ends with a fastball from striking out, walking guys, and balls in play. What mm. percentage hard contact do you think Tyler Wells, as four seamer, allows?
1: I'm going to go very low. It's either very, very low, low or very high. But okay. It's very low. I'm going to go very low. Okay. What is it? I don't know. Uh,
2: 15%. Okay. 49%.
1: Okay. Other way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Half of the time that it ends a plate appearance. That could be a strikeout. That could be a walk. Yeah. It ends in hard contact. At 95 miles per
1: hour or higher. What? Okay. Here's another fun. 38% fun usage. He's made four starts <laughs> in June. Okay, made four yeah. starts in June. Yeah. How many whiffs does he have? How many whiffs? Think does
0: he have? Four, starts, four starts.
1: You usually would say what league average is probably eight to ten. So forty whiffs would be league average over four starts. That's just yeah.
2: Whatever. I don't know. He has like twenty.
1: He has twenty-eight. He has twenty-eight whiffs over four starts. Yeah,
2: that's really bad.
1: That's awful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Wells is, is like, but the thing is in those starts, you know, what is it? It's, it's uh, six earned runs and four, stars. the last five starts actually have been six earned runs total, mm. you know? And it's just one of those cases of like, all right, dude, <laughs> here you go. You know, for the entire season, Tyler Wells is a three, three, four year ERA and a one eleven whip and a 15.3% K rate, but Hey, <laughs> we're just getting by. So fine. Tyler Wells, you exist.
1: Tyler Wells, you exist. I was looking to see if the Orioles have a have an above-average infield defense, and they do not. They actually have a, a wow. You're just below. doing my job for me. This is great. Well, yeah, the, uh, 240 Babbitt. Seeing how you know, seeing how sustainable that is.
2: If we keep doing this, it might go a little bit long on this podcast.
1: Oh my god, about an average, <laughs> about an average defense overall. Uh, is there, uh, so you want to talk about Jackson for a little bit before you I move mean, on? Jackson so future- isn't
2: too interesting. Uh, you know, we did skip over Jose Urquidy, who rose 23 spots. But the problem I see is that after these two good starts he's had That's is just the year. four-seamer is not that is not that interesting. And the secondary stuff is not doing the things that it used to. So I'm not interested there. With Tetrialt, uh, he throws kind of hard. It's 95 on the four-seamer in the last two starts. He's only returned one earned run in 13 innings. And do I think that all of a sudden he is the next incredible Vargas rule? No. He has a 54% hard contact rate on his four-seamer, but he's only done 17 innings.
1: Okay.
2: Still, it's an interesting cutter, and maybe this does actually work. I don't really think so, but hey, what's up, Tetrial? You get a decent start this week against Miami, and maybe that works
1: uh tier 13 zach ranke at 89 chris flex and johnny cueto brady singer zach please zach at 93 what's it called and why is it called that
2: it's called atlantis because their glory days are behind them
1: oh that's actually poetic and beautiful did you raise <laughs> zach ranke seven spots because he yeeted that fans baseball uh, uh into the middle of the field wow you know how i do the list fast that's amazing. <laughs> So for those who didn't hear, uh, a fan yesterday tried to get Zachary to autograph a ball. And uh, Zach Greinke took the ball and just threw it as hard as possible onto the field. And the field was like, what? Why did you do that? And Zach Greinke said something like, because it brings me joy or because I yeah, makes right. me happy. And I was like, <laughs> someone was like, just put him in the Hall of Fame. That's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like it, when, when it wasn't like a kid doing it. It was like a grown ass man, you know, right, like right. pounding him for an autograph. Anyway, he rises seven. What are you thinking about Zach Greinke?
2: I mean I don't know he he got past his first start where I thought like his vo- The only thing about Grinky that matters is his volume and I was worried about his volume before after one you know first start back would be limited in it he wasn't okay hi what's up Grinky mm.
1: okay uh, let's move it to the final tier here tier 14 94 100 Aaron Savali, Rich Hill Mitch White, Chris Bubich Andre Palante, Jonathan Heasley and Jose Quintana what's it called and why is it called that
2: um, which is the water that is Nestle? Is that, it's like Poland Spring and all of those?
1: No, yeah. I don't remember what they're, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't remember what they're, you know, only is. if I'm desperate
2: it. will I touch anything Nestle. So, uh, very good. Yeah.
1: They just have like Nestle water and then like pure life. Uh, uh, Aaron Savali cool. did show y- y- some grit against that start in Boston, able to work out of a bunch of jams yesterday, but nothing really. So the thing fantastic. is, the start
2: before. I uh, Savali showcased sliders and curveballs, and then this time they got classified as cutters, and I think they're a little bit worse. And I want to be sliders and, and curveballs. I think that's when we saw Savali be really good. I I had the SP roundup about him. One more, uh one more sieve turn. It's a really nice graphic from uh from Justin Paradis, but it wasn't there over the weekend. Normally, I'm encouraged by it, but I was like, all right, after this little gauntlet that you have, you get the the Red Sox next. Don't want to touch that. But uh, we'll see. I mean, or not the Red Sox. Maybe it's the Twins next. Um, but I don't want to touch it, and I'm uh, not really a fan there.
1: He's the other dude in the top five for the uh, lowest left on base percentage. No, really, baseball sub sub another sub sixty, like fifty six, fifty seven percent. Also, mm-hmm. a friend reached out to me about the uh, uh, the Savali graphic. Uh, who doesn't even watch baseball? And he was like, "This is fantastic. What is this about?" Yeah, all it is. It was so um, good. I'm so glad. I think. We've seen a few number 100s that are true to what the number 100 position is, but I don't know if there has been a better number 100. Oh, really? Jose Quintana. I mean, Jose Quintana this year is just having a year. I I went to see Jose Quintana pitch against the Dodgers. My friend who's a diehard Dodgers fan saw Jose Quintana's numbers at the time, and he was like, what? What is happening? Jose Quintana has a 3-6 ERA right now? That's pretty unbelievable. Now, of course, the whip at 1.31 isn't as fantastic, but he's he's actually not been terrible this year.
2: Well, okay, so his last start was him finally doing the thing, and he's actually done this a good amount. Good command of four-seamers, change-ups, and uh, curveballs with the Blake Snell blueprint. Four-seamers more up and breaking stuff down. Last start was the best command of four-seamers I've seen from him all year and it resulted in two earned runs and six innings and like you know in a 117 whip it's it, even at his best he's still not going to yeah. be this massive needle pusher still that's pretty cool i thought he was worthy of that 100 i also considered chris Bubich here who just threw 92 miles per hour in his start and had a lot of success with that and when Bubich is at 92 good things happen so consider that Mitch White is now also getting the rotation spot inside of the Dodgers. Um, and while I don't really love I hate his fastball, his breaking stuff can be really good. So there is some excitement there. And uh Ross Stripling deserved a little bit of love. Do I want to start him in his next start? No. But you know, maybe after that he's okay. So hopefully that works out.
1: Yeah. He's been he's been a quiet, quite good pitcher for the Blue Jays so far this year. Um Nick. It's almost like the night before Christmas. I want to I wanna jump off and hop into bed because I know the next day I'm going to see you. Yeah. Uh, so that is going to do it for episode number 330 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock.
2: And we'll talk to you guys next week.